So, a mouse and an elephant were walking across a bridge together. And when they reached the other side of the bridge, the mouse slapped his hands together and just with a tone of self-satisfaction, he said to the elephant, Boy, we really shook that bridge, didn't we? I love the confidence and the boldness of that mouse. And that really is how we should be in walking with Christ. Lord, we really saw victory today, didn't we? He's like, yeah. I can imagine that elephant going, we sure did, little buddy. We sure did. And I see he's doing much the same thing. We sure did, daughter. We sure did, son. We walk with the one who shakes darkness, who, who tramples on shame. We walk with one who's victorious, and that makes us what? Victorious. We walk with the one that is love. We walk with the one that is grace, that is power, that is might. How can we be confident in walk? How do we walk carefree or even free? Let's let the Holy Spirit teach us what Jesus said. If you'll turn to Matthew chapter 11, we, we, might, we might not ever get to another um, passage. Um, I'm going to read 25 and through 27, then I'm going to read 28 through 30 again and again and again. And we're supposed to drive the point home. You know, just to kind of simplify what I am called to do. I'm called to point you to Jesus, right? I say that all the time. We say that all the time. We're called to point you to Jesus. You come with something and we point you to Jesus who sets you free. You come with heaviness and I point you to Jesus who, who you then find freedom in. You come to me or now let's extend it. We come to one another with brokenness and we point one another to Jesus who's the healer, right? So we see in Matthew 11, uh, Jesus is with his disciples. He was talking with the disciples um, and then he changes his audience. He's finished in, more in chapter 10. He's talking with his disciples. Then chapter 11, he's talking to the crowd and the crowd that he's speaking with are the wise, intelligent Jews in that region. They're the religious folks. And you, you get a sense of, of frustration. You know, Jesus is talking about certain regions where he performed many miracles, where, where his presence, let's go ahead and relate it to just th this, where his presence was manifest. They experienced the presence of God demonstrated in miracles and healings and deliverance and freedom. 
and they didn't change their mind and their actions. They didn't repent. So Jesus, he, he actually compares them to the most ungodly of regions and said, even if we were in this, even this ungodly town would have repented if they would have seen what you saw. Even this ungodly region would have changed their minds and changed their actions. If they would have seen what you saw, they would have changed their minds, but you didn't. And he wasn't talking about these evil, wicked places. He was talking, the, the areas he was calling out were the areas where there was a strong Jewish religious population. How do we relate that to us? He's calling out religion. Religious thinking that makes anything Jesus plus whatever. Because there is no Jesus plus whatever. It is Jesus and Jesus alone. So I want to read. So that, that's kind of, that's, if, if you go back and you read parts of Matthew 11, that, that's kind of where it brings us up to here. Verse 25, at that time Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent, and you have revealed them to infants. You, you have revealed them to those brand new in the faith. You've revealed these things to those who were pagan yesterday, but they found the truth of your goodness today and their infants. Yes, Father, for this way was well pleased in your sight. All things have been handed over to me by my Father. And no one knows the Son except the Father. Nor does anyone know the Father except the Son and whoever anyone to whom the Son wills to reveal Him. So you know how we know the Father? Because Jesus willed it. That's how we know the Father. That's how we know the goodness of the Father because Jesus made that introduction. Everything Jesus said and did was out of obedience to the Father. We know the Father because of the work of Jesus. Next verse. Next verse. And I'm just going to pause for a second because I'm going to read a passage and I'm going, to, I'm going to talk about the context that it is. And I know we use this for so many wonderful things. I know we do. But I want you to see what context this is being spoken in because it also needs to be unpacked with this in mind. Matthew eleven twenty eight, Come to me. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy, heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and do what? Learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So the title of this message is, is I will, you will. I will, you will. And I pulled it from this passage where Jesus says, I will give you rest you will find rest. 
I will, you will. You come to me, and I'll give you rest, and you'll have rest. If I give you rest, you're going to have rest. If I give you peace, if you come to me and I give you peace, you're going to have peace. I will, you will. The first I is him. I will, you will. Our life, it, it, it has to have a constant pattern and flow of us coming to him. Yeah. Of us coming to him. He rebuked these regions where they saw miraculous, where his presence was manifest. Friends, his presence was manifest today. I want to explain a little bit about the Holy Spirit real quick, just being opportunistic for the moment. So if if in the midst of that moment, you, in that place of just being in his presence and just open before him, you felt things that you're like, huh, this might be a little different. I want to throw out some possibilities of what it might be. See, the Holy Spirit, he he falls upon and God baptizes in the in the Holy Spirit people that are hungry for him. We're in these settings and there's hunger and his presence falls. There's times he gives gifts. There's times he gives gifts because we're open and we're like, oh Lord, I'm so open to you. Whatever you want, Lord God, I love you. I worship you. And we're there and he, and he responds with gifts. Why? Because he's a good, good father. And so you're like, maybe I was, I, I kind of think I was talking in a language that I don't know. Oh, that's, that's called the gift of tongues and you were speaking in tongues and that's totally cool. Well, and I feel like God was saying and just giving me, well, you know, that could be discernment or that could be word of knowledge. That could be word of wisdom. That could be a prophetic word. God speaking, listen and respond. And so when we're in that place, when we're in his presence, he, he responds in really powerful ways. So he was, Jesus was talking earlier about, I was in your presence and I responded with miraculous and you still wouldn't acknowledge me. Friends, this message is for you and I today. He's not just rebuking some, you know, some, some religious hoop. He, he, it's a reminder to you and I today that when we are in his presence, we don't forget who he is. We don't walk out of here and then get a flat tire. Lord, you're not faithful. And, and he's like, it's a flat tire. It's a flat tire. And I can't turn that flat tire for your good. I can't turn that flat tire for my glory. I'm I'm always faithful. How do you know the next truck behind you didn't see the flat tire and that they got a they got a truck pick up bed full of tires to give you and you're gonna get four new ones? I mean, he's faithful. How do we know that that that, that person who's gonna pull over to see if we're okay that, that we don't need to, that he doesn't have a word for them and we're going to lead them to Christ. He's faithful. We have to look beyond ourselves. So in that passage, let's make sure we understand the context of what he's saying. He's talking to the wise folks. He's talking to the, the religious folks who were still clinging to tradition and not to him. They knew better. They knew better. They were clinging to tradition. They were clinging to close to a thousand different religious laws. 
that was their way of connecting with God. Only if you kept them all. Dude, if you like five, I might be okay. You give me like 780 or whatever, we're never going to measure up to the law. We're never going to measure up to to a sense of righteousness that's in our own. This is a very exaggerative word that Jesus uses here. He laden. See, laden means it means heavily loaded. So he's saying those who are heavily, heavily loaded. Those who are heavily, heavily weighed down. Come to me, all of you who are heavily, heavily burdened. And I will give you rest for your souls. What does Jesus see? He's speaking to an audience. He's a person. He's a he's a person. He's he, he's not speaking generically. He's speaking to people. Just as when I'm speaking, I, I kind of go back and forth and I try and lock eyes and I try and connect with everybody. You think Jesus was any different? When Jesus is speaking, he's he's looking straight at us. What do you think he's discerning? What do you think he's picking up? Come to me, all of you who are heavily, heavily burdened with all these ways to attain righteousness outside of me. God, God bless you. That must be so hard. That must be so exhausting. That I know your burdens. I know your means will never measure up. I know your efforts of attaining righteousness will never measure up so that you feel inadequate and lost. So come to me and I will give you rest. That's what he's saying. His elaborate plan his elaborate plan of unloading this massive load of burdens. He summed up in three words. Come to me. Come to me. The gospel is not complicated. It is not complicated, friends. The gospel is not complicated. What gets complicated is when we try and add to it. You ever, you ever been in a setting, and I, I've been at church, I don't have a remembrance, a remembrance of not being in church, except for a stretch in college. But, yeah. but when I was young, I was always in church. And, and I've seen this, and maybe you've seen this too, but I've seen... We'll use pagan because I use the word because Jesus was kind of addressing you know people that didn't know the Lord. They were pagans. They worshipped other gods, literal like other gods. Set them up on their mantle and you know worship them. 
But I've seen people come in who didn't know anything about Jesus and they hear the gospel and they're saved and they're like, oh my gosh, I'm free. I'm free. I'm forgiven. Shame is gone. Sin is gone. I'm free. And, and, and they experience this joy of the revelation of the good news of Jesus Christ. It's awesome. But then I've seen Christians go, that is so wonderful. Now let me tell you what you need to know. You need to get a haircut. You need to quit wearing that hat in church. You need to quit using the S word and say poo. Poo's Christian. S word's not. You need to... You need to... It's Jesus and nothing else. It's Jesus and nothing else. I, people asked me early on, like when Hulk first gave his life to the Lord about nine years ago. They asked me, aren't you going to tell him to stop cussing? I'm like, no, that's the Holy Spirit's job. That's the Holy Spirit's job. And I'm not going to... I'm just going to talk to him about Jesus. I'm just going to nurture a relationship with Christ so that he falls deeper and deeper in love so anything Jesus asks of him, he'll do. It ain't my job to tell him, quit doing anything. Give him a Bible. Tell him to get in there and see what Jesus says because I agree with what Jesus says. And if, if it's in the Bible and Jesus said it, that's, I'm going to have the same opinion. That's, that's context. This is Jesus, who Jesus is talking to. His promise was, I will give you rest in me, in me, with me. You will have rest for your souls. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Rest for what? You will find rest for what? For your souls. If your body needs rest, take a nap, go to sleep, go on vacation, take a hike, get some vitamin D, get outside, hike a... If your body needs rest, you do one of those things. Okay? That's rest for your body. Your body needs rest, take a nap. Your body needs rest, take a break. Your spirit, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you've given him, given your life to him, then your spirit is good. Your spirit's good. Your spirit doesn't need rest. Your spirit is alive. Your spirit is saved, redeemed. You are whole. Your spirit don't need rest. But your, but your soul needs rest. Your mind needs rest. Your will needs rest. Your emotions need rest. Rest for our souls is only found in the applied revelation of walking with Jesus 
and letting Him teach us. I'm going to say it again. Rest for our souls is only found in the applied revelation of knowing Jesus, coming to Jesus, walking with Jesus. Boy, we really shook that bridge, didn't we? Walking with Him. The applied revelation is, I have no idea outside of Christ. My checking account doesn't define me. My circumstance doesn't define me. Those are temporary things. The fact that I slipped with the scissors and the razor and had to shave off my entire beard doesn't define me. It's temporary. Love you, Andy. Circumstances are temporary. And, and there's times we have hard circumstances. And he says, come to me. I see your soul. I see it needs rest. It's only found in me. Why the heck are you running? Why the heck are you staying away? Why do you have me at arm's length? You hear me knocking. Why aren't you opening the door? I see your soul. It needs rest. I will. You will. I will give you rest. You will have rest. I will give you peace. You will have peace. But you've got to come to me. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take my yoke. This has nothing to do with eggs. Young people, this has nothing to do with eggs. Okay, yoke. I'm going to explain yoke in a second. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy. My burden is light. A yoke is a big wooden beam that connects two oxen so that they can plow together. This is, this is actually a fancier yoke. It goes over and then there's a mechanism that kind of comes underneath and wraps around their neck and it ties them in and the one next to them, same thing. There's that beam across them and there's like a, a rope or a chain or some mechanism that goes down through the beam and around the neck and up. So they are together. So here's the great thing. When we're yoked together with Jesus, he pulls most of the weight. But we have to be yoked with him. We have to walk. We don't get to sit on the couch. We don't get to stay. We don't get to stay in our pity potty party. We don't get to stay in our pity potty party. It's a thing now. Because it's on. We don't get to. Not if we're yoked with him. We have to walk with him. With him. But he carries the weight. We're identified with him. We're yoked with him. And he says, you know what? My yoke is easy. If I, if I lifted this speaker off, we've moved these speakers recently when we painted the floors. Um, look awesome, by the way. I love it. If I lifted that and I was holding it and I asked Ronan, Ronan, come help me lift this thing. And I've got it and the sucker's heavy. But I'm like, just, just grab, grab under that corner. Help me. 
How, how much of that am I carrying and how much of that is Ronan carrying? I'm darn near carrying 100%, right? But, he, but he's there. And for that moment, we're yoked together, but I'm doing the heavy lifting. Jesus does the heavy lifting. When we, when we allow the revelation of the Word of God to penetrate our hearts, the Word of God does the heavy lifting in our life of letting us know what we need to come to the Lord with. It's not a fair cooperative effort because it's so easy for us. I think this is why it's hard for some people. They want to do more. I want to do more. I want to carry my share. I want to carry my share of the load. I want to feel like I'm doing something. I want to feel like my efforts are making a difference. Sorry. That is not how he intended it. He intended us to walk with him as he does the heavy lifting. I thank God for my graphic design skills and not just like some guy I didn't wake up being a graphic designer I wake up with the, I, you know I, I, I was born and I think I had always liked drawing and stuff but I, I developed that skill and I'm thankful for that graphic design skill I am but you know what guess how many people that graphic design skill has ever saved none it's been used in the hand of the Lord and I, I can't measure that I don't know how he's used it it's been used in the hand of the Lord, but it hadn't saved anybody because my skill can't save anybody. Whatever our gifts are, whatever our strengths are, that's wonderful. But He does the heavy lifting. It's Him. You guys, we get so burdened because we refuse to let Jesus carry the burden. And we try and carry the burden ourselves. And we try and do it in our own strength. And the result of that is failure. It is. The result of that is disappointment. We bring it to the Lord. We bring it to the Lord. I, I hate not having the answer. I hate it. I hate not having the solution. I hate not being able to fix it. I am a fixer. Many of you are fixers. Most of you are fixers. If I presented a problem to you right now, you're, the wheels will start turning and before you prayed about it, you would try and fix it. Right? I don't think any of you, when I first presented the problem, would go, okay, well, here, I, let me shut this off real quick and let me turn this on real quick. Lord Jesus, Lord, would you fix this problem? Most of us, this would take over. We're like, ooh, 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 I know what to do. Or ooh, and, and we'd be, right? Come to me. Come to me. Jesus says, come to me. Golly gee, why is that so hard? Why are we so stubborn? Come to me. Come to me. Get alone with me. Step outside for a second. Go for a walk with me. Worship in the shower with me. Just get alone with me. Come to me. 
Jesus says. We're pretty bad about going to Jesus and we're pretty bad about letting others walk with us. I mentioned it before. My job is, is to point us to Jesus. Is your job any different? You're a child of God. You're a child of God. You're a daughter of the king. You're a princess. You're a prince. You're, you are an heir. This, this, this throne, this army, this, this militia, this, this, all this arsenal, they are yours. Point people to Jesus. I point people to Jesus. Andy points to Jesus. Kara points you to Jesus. Marie did a wonderful job of musically pointing us to Jesus. Brian did a wonderful job of instrumentally pointing us to Jesus. We have teachers back there pointing our little ones to Jesus. We represent Jesus with hugs and love and handing a bulletin and having fresh coffee. Everything we do is to point people to Christ. Because we were never created to do it alone. In fact, at the very beginning in Jesus, God makes this statement, it's bad that they're alone. It is not good that they're alone. We are called to do it alone. Every picture in the New Testament, every picture, when he's talking about us, this assembly, let's look for a common denominator, okay? Let's look for what, what's common in this. The body. The army. The flock. The building. The nation. Every New Testament picture of us as followers of Jesus includes different parts. Many diverse different parts. We're not called to do it alone. We're called to do it together. We're called to walk together. We're called to be together. We just close our eyes for a second. With our eyes closed, I'm just asking you, would you be real Jesus for a second? He already knows, but he's asking you to come to him. And would you be real with him and come to him with the heavy, heavy, laden condition of your heart, whatever that might be. Ways that you're trying to fix on your own or do it on your own or be righteous according to your own strength. They're all exhausting, friends. They're all exhausting. And he's saying, would you come to me with... Because if you'll come to me and you'll you'll give those to me, I will give you rest. I'll give you you will have rest for your soul. In this place of being real with him, friends, 
Jesus admonished people for not being repentant. So would be, could we be repentant right now? Would you just repent of the things that the Holy Spirit is even now just convicting you of? Would you say, Lord, I'm sorry. I repent. I change my mind. And I'm going to change my actions. I, I know that's not your way. Right now, we just be repentant. I feel like the Lord just highlighted something. He said, He said, Come to me. He said, And learn from me. Let me teach you. I'm good. My heart is good. I'm kind. I'm humble. I have good teachings for you, but be teachable. I feel like he's lighting some, some folks that haven't been teachable. And he's saying, would you repent of not being teachable? And would you let me teach you today? Would you let me teach you in this new season? Would you let me teach you some new things, equip you with some new things? Friends, if that is you, please, right now, just where you are, just between you and the Lord, just repent. Say, Lord, I repent. That's me. I haven't been teachable. He says, come to me. If you need to get out of your seat and come down here, do that. If, if you need that that gesture of I'm coming to you, Lord, then, then if, if that's, if that's going to bring breakthrough for you, then get out of your seat and come down here in the front and just come to him. And just to be honest with you guys, you don't even need a single person to pray. With. When we come to Jesus, he's enough. If that's you, then just come to him. Get out of your seat. Make that effort and that gesture. But friends, there shouldn't be any of us, any of us without a response to him in some way. said it before and I'm going to say it again now. The gospel's not complicated. The ways that Jesus calls him is not complicated. If there's anybody here right now that you're like, no, that can't be it. That can't be it. There's got to be more. You've got to surround me and I've got to have a bunch of people praying for me. No, friends. No, no. I know that's comforting. I know that's comforting. I, I, I like it too. But that's not a solution. Coming to Jesus is the solution. If, if we can't find our comfort in Jesus alone, I promise you, we could have the entire church hands on you and you won't be comforted. If we can't find comfort in Jesus alone, it doesn't matter how many people put their hands on you, you will not be comforted because you can't find comfort anywhere outside of Christ. That's the truth. This is a simple gospel. You know what I'd like to encourage us to do? When we wake up in the morning and we wash our face and we get the sweat of our eyes, 
maybe even before we brush our teeth, look in that mirror and remind ourselves of the gospel. I was a sinner, but God loved me. And he sent his son, Jesus, and Jesus died for me. And Jesus wiped away my sin and he defeated shame. And I am whole because of Jesus. I am saved. I am no longer a sinner. I am, I am a saint. I am saved. Shame has no power over me. Jesus defeated it. I am more than an overcomer. I'm a conqueror. And I'm a child of the King. Just start preaching to yourself. Just remind yourself of the gospel and then do it every day. Because then when we start talking about Jesus, we won't overcomplicate it. If we remind ourselves every day of the simplicity of the gospel, when we start talking to folks about Jesus, we won't overcomplicate it. It won't be Jesus and. It'll be Jesus and Jesus alone. Amen.